1: Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for being here as we are reporting live from our Florida studio in Boca Raton, Florida. And thanks to each and every one of you who reached out about our incredibly uh, adventurous journey here. It certainly was filled with unforeseen things. But we are here broadcasting. I am Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck. I'm the president founder and chief listening officer here at our network. And our show today is the business talk show. I'm super excited because not only do we have Mr. Alcini in the house, we also have one of our team members. And I'm always excited when we come together as a family here on our programming. So let's bring out my mentor, friend and the star of our show, Mr. Alcini. Welcome.
0: Dr. Jacqueline, thanks so much. And I'm really looking forward to today's conversation because uh, I think we're going to be talking about how how people can become unstuck. Yeah, I mean, stuck in a particular emotional state. uh, We're focusing mostly on job situations, people who are frustrated at work. But it's a broken conversation. I mean, there's so much to it. And you've got a great expert guest coming on for that. So
1: we sure do. And, and I think just as an extension of that, Al, many times when we're stuck in our career or we're stuck in a job, it affects the people around us because we might not be showing up our best selves and we might be really taking our feelings and frustrations out on other people. But before mm. we dive right into the topic, you have a lot of experience as an entrepreneur and you've been working with business owners for decades. You also have your own television shows on RVN television. Tell us a little bit about what you've been up to with ProFit.
0: Uh, Thanks for the opportunity. I appreciate it, Doc. And uh, ProFit is a team building exercise. It happens in the space of a half a day. And uh, the goal of the team building exercise is to take all the members of a team, and a team could be as small as two or three people, or as big as, let's say, 25 or 30, and get everybody reoriented, not just with themselves, but with the purpose that they serve as a team. And, uh, I mean, there are lots of ways to build a team. Some people use uh, paintball. Some people go bowling. Some people make pizzas. Those are all great. And it's always great to get people together socially so they get to know each other better. But our approach to team building is based on the team's persona, what the team is put here for, what its reason and purpose are. And uh, that's what ProFit does. It does it in half a day, and it's a lot of fun for me. And it's a way to address the issue that we're talking about today when a team feels as though they're stuck in their jobs and they dread coming to work uh, profit could be a way to break the log jam and and uh, encourage be, inspire people to move forward from there so that's profit in a nutshell thank you again dr Jacqueline glad to be able to talk about it
1: thank you so much Al and I think something I just wanted to comment on you had said when people get together, for business events, they're going to socialize, they're doing the paintball, the bowling, whatever it is, that doesn't always mean they're going to like each other. In fact, they might found, find out that they really don't like each other, but they <laughs> still be. have to work together. <laughs> so uh, that can create all kinds of other issues. That's another show for another day.
0: That's, you know, that's probably true. But one of the reasons why I think it could be dreadful at work is if you feel as though you need to be liked by everybody, but just can't achieve it or if you feel like you need to learn to like everybody, but just can't manage that, these are all contributing factors, I think, to making you miserable in the, in the workplace and accepting and dealing with all that is what we're gonna talk about with Caroline uh, Hewart. This is gonna be great.
1: Yeah, it's so true. And just add on to that, um, I know when I first started sending out our newsletter over a year ago, I would really focus on who unsubscribed as opposed to who clicked and who actually was engaged. And I would uh-huh. be like, "Oh, I can't believe Susie G unsubscribed from my newsletter." <laughs> I just, was, <laughs> no, but we do that. We focus decision. on
0: the small things, right? Oh yeah, we do, and and we get twisted up by them. And that's uh, and that's something we all have to learn out over.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I'm really excited to welcome our guests. As you mentioned, her name, Caroline, she's the Harley Street stress expert. Harley Street is a street in London where you have to have a license and be certified in order to practice. And our guest today helps people bust their stress. Wherever they are in the world, they can work with her. Caroline is a talking head. She has her own show on Tuesdays, actually right after when your show was out. And -hmm. she also is the star of The Listening Mentor on Fridays. Let's bring her out and have a little chat with her about what's going on in the workplace. Welcome, Caroline. Hello. Hi, Wonderful Caroline. to be part of the show. Thank you, Dr. Jacqueline and Elsie. Thank you so much for joining us. So, Caroline, you and I have discussed so many issues on the Listening Mentor. It's actually really kind of fun because I don't give you any information up front. <laughs> and I pretty much grill you for 45 minutes. And, you, do. And you, come up, <laughs> you come up with great answers. So, we're reading about what's been going on. People were Leaving the workforce now, they're quietly quitting, meaning they're still there, but they're not doing the work because they can't stand it. They hate who they are. But I've heard this, by the way, from people I know very well. They like the paycheck. They don't want to give up the paycheck. But yet their health is suffering. Their relationships are suffering. What is your experience in working with people in these areas?
2: Well, this is a very common norm for people that the paycheck does govern the fact that they stay there, that the health and the experience of the well-being that they're experiencing is not good for them because they are suffering. So they don't sleep at night. Uh, they come home and they take all their work home with them. Their relationships suffer and still the overriding factor that makes them stay there is the paycheck. That is for sure, because that's the stability and the security that buys them the material things, <clears throat> excuse me, that they need. And that's important to understand that sometimes we suffer in a great deal of silence in our work because it is about the paycheck. Hmm. Absolutely. Thank you.
1: So, Al, I am going to bring you into this conversation as well. Uh, you know, I left my corporate career in 2020 and, and Al, you and I were talking on a regular basis. Uh, it's not easy to give up the money. I gave up the money and I still don't make the money that I was making. So there's also stress in not having the money. So I'm actually kind of confused. Like if you're in the workforce and you don't want to give up the money, but then you give it up and you don't have it. I don't know. It's the chicken or the egg, isn't it?
0: It's a, well, it's a balancing act. And it, but listen, a lot of it, I think, has to do with uh, your, some people are just, often you'll ask somebody the question, how are you? And how they answer that question. I mean, there's some people will just say, well, you know how it is, I'm hanging in. No matter how good things are, that's their stock answer. So they're kind of programmed to express stress and misery and grief. And there are other people that you know actually have serious problems and when you ask them how how's your day going they'll say just great so yeah i mean you really can make a choice i i I, this and with help from somebody like caroline you can decide that whatever your circumstances are you don't have to suffer with them you can you can manage through them Uh, do i have that right caroline i could learn that can i
2: absolutely decide it's your decision how you decide to respond and react and it's, it's not about so much what's happening around you. It's 90% of um, how you respond and 10% of actually what's happening around you. Hmm. So it's your response and your reaction. I mean, our world, certainly the UK is in chaos right now. <laughs> and it is a pantomime to say the least. And I could be sitting here really stressed and really worried, you know, what's going to happen. And there's a lot of people that are doing that and they're feeling stressed and anxious in spite of the fact that nothing's actually happened yet. It's the worry of it all. And that's the response and reaction. But I'm actually watching and laughing, thinking, oh, well, you know, I wonder what they're going to throw at us now. And being in a space of jest because we've had a complete pantomime. And this is this is how we can manage our situations in our workplace, because if our vibration is expecting to be attacked or to have a, a confirmed and concentrated, difficult client situation or work no. situation, then we will create that environment and that, that stressful experience that we are thinking about because our frequency is creating it. So it is about managing our expectation and managing our Uh, the way that we are responding to what could be a very stressful situation and managing our response and our reaction so that we become lighter in our responses and our
0: reactions. Let me give you an example right now that's happening right at this moment. I have a cat. Actually, the cat has me. I'm doing my part of the program from my kitchen, and my cat has decided that she wants attention from me. So there's a little bit of a tail you might have seen brush across the screen. (laughs) And every now and then you'll see the screen kind of bounce back and forth because the cat's decided she wants to lay down right behind the screen. And I love the cat. But if I really, if I'm all wrapped up about being, everything being perfect, and this imperfection intrudes on my expectation that everything has to be perfect, I start to feel anger. I start to feel frustration. I start to feel embarrassment. I can do all that and pretend I don't have a cat or I can just tell everybody who's watching, I have a cat. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. The cat's here. I have a cat. Deal with it. And, and uh, that latter choice is, why is it so hard for people to make that choice? It's okay. Things aren't as bad as you think.
2: That's a beautiful description of response and reaction because if we are not giving in and feeling that we're not perfect because we're all human. You know, mm-hmm. we still we're we're all working at the moment. Many of us in our domesticity, rather than in the offices um, of of you know the corporations mm-hmm. that we are part of. And when we're in that situation, there is domesticity around us. And I think it's lovely that you've um, you mentioned the cat <laughs> that was this this um, brush of the tail because it makes you more humanized and there is then greater connection from yourself to others. And we are human and not everything is perfect. And it's important to recognize that so that we can survive to a place of thriving in this changed world and changed environment that we're all having to handle and deal with. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Thank you for that. Example, real life example is we're right now live. That's that's just what are you gonna do? That's just the way it is. I mean, on an earlier show, somebody was knocking at the door, Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> it happens. Okay, but I have a question. Let's say somebody right now is watching and they are thinking, you know what? That's it. I'm going to leave this job. I'm gonna go home tonight, and here's what happens. Honey, I just want to let you know. I'm really not happy at work and I'm going to leave. Are you out of your mind? Do you see this house? How are we going to pay these bills? I didn't sign up to marry you to be with somebody who doesn't have any, blah, 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 blah. These things happen. And then we put our head down we go crawling back and we go back to the job. So if our team members, meaning our family, our loved ones, if they're not on board, that can bring additional stress. So Caroline, how would you work with somebody in an example like that?
2: It's important to know why they are looking to leave, what's not working, and if they have a forward strategy of what they're going to do next. Because when somebody is not happy within their work and they've made the decision to leave, they've made a calculated decision. They've looked at all the aspects of what, why they're leaving. And so then it's about dealing with the internal um, personal domesticity, their relationships and how that's going to affect their relationships. Nobody decides to just leave without thinking about their personal, Um, domestic arrangements and how it's going to impact them. So I would step into the place, rather than being emotional, I would step into the place of being rational. You know, the questions are, how are we going to pay for things? The person that's decided to leave may have a plan and to be open to listen, because these kinds of decisions are not arrived at easily and lightly. Great answer.
1: Uh, And I'm going to go over to you because you interview people all the time. I'm sure that you've spoken to someone who's been in this situation where they really don't want to stay, but they're not getting the support they need. Like, hey, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. What you found a new career or a new job and you're going to make less money than you were making, but you're going to be really happy, but I can't get my nails done and we can't get the kitchen done and on and on and on. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. What have you
1: heard from other people Al, in this area?
0: What I've what I've heard is that there's a difference. There are fundamental. What I hear over and over again is I'm just not happy in my job. Right, I hear that. I Hear that probably more today than I ever have in 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 my whole career, uh, because I think there's a, a more of a growing sense of frustration with people's status quo than they've ever had. I think people are more unhappy with the way things are than maybe any other time in history, and and they're expressing it. They're feeling more emboldened to express it. Now, when you probe it a little bit and you say things like, well, okay, maybe you can get a different job. Do you have a resume? And they say, no, I really don't have a resume. I haven't gotten around to that yet. Uh, in fact, it, it's, it's a, a point that Caroline just raised just by using the word plan. I think a big part of dealing with the fact that you don't like where you are is to begin to develop a plan for moving someplace where you think you'll be happier so that you can act, execute on it step by step. You can't, you're not allowed in this world to just be unhappy with how things are. You've got to have a plan for changing things. And if, if because you need to pay the mortgage and raise the kids and send them to college, you can't quit the job you've gotten until you found another one. And believe me, every parent who's ever counseled a child who's quit a job that they didn't like has always said, well, you could quit the job, but you've got to have another job first because you can't have an interruption of income. These are realities that people have to deal with. So if I'm not happy where I am, and I don't even have a plan for changing that, then I'm permanently consigned to being unhappy. Uh, Caroline, if, if is the first piece of advice you'd give somebody make a plan to move out and move forward and move into a new job? Is that, I mean, how would you work with me if I was frustrated with something like that?
2: If somebody was in that situation, I would find out what's making them unhappy because it's not their external environment, there's something internal that's going on that's not working. Mm. And, and so it's important to look at the person and to find out what's been happening in their lives. Usually there'll be a change in their circumstances. There might be uh, a challenge sort of in terms of a demotion or a primation that they're not actually coping with. Um, and it's their experience within that mm experience that's not working it could be that there's a problem with sickness in the family and it's overspilling into their work it could be that there's been a bereavement or it could be that there's been um, a personal investment that they've lost um, you know there's many reasons for people changing how they feel and then, wherever they're spending their most time is what gets lashed out at. Oh, I'm not happy here. I'm not happy in the job. You know, I need to find something else. And actually, there's much more fundamental things that need to be looked at before, because whatever they're complaining about is something to do with them initially. And I would look internally as to what has been going on in their life that's caused them some challenges emotionally mm. and physically.
0: No, well, in in your experience Caroline, how how competent are people at differentiating between what they think they're unhappy about and what they're really unhappy about? I mean, well,
2: most people just throw it out there and they blame whatever it is, the marriage, um the husband, the wife, the kids, you know, the job, because that's what we do. That's our first instinctual um thing that we do. How I work is I look at the symptoms. So I look at what initially they're saying if they're not sleeping there's something that's on their mind, and I would look at why what's on their mind what's not working for them so looking more deeper than what they're actually saying and if they're saying that they've got I don't know neck pain or low back pain uh, because of the training that I've done in chakra psychology I would look at what that represents in terms of the issue they're not looking at And and so, you know, sleep is a big problem. And and essentially, most people that are really stressed and unhappy within their marriage or their workplace, there's something going on emotionally that they've not handled. Hmm. That's such
1: a great point, Caroline. Mm -hmm. And I just want to add this to that. One of our team members, Rollins, he is in his motorhome driving through Europe, and he lives a wireless life. So he's not—he doesn't have to be any place. He just is wherever the motorhome is. And what he shared is that people will say to him, "Wow, that's so cool! You get to escape your problems." No, you take your problems with you wherever you go. It doesn't matter if you're on a beach making sandals, living in a hut. Those problems that you had before you got there are still there. But yet we think we can run away from them.
2: That's an extremely good point um, that you're making and an observation that's a reality. Because if somebody says it's the job, the next job they go to they're going to find the same issues cropping up that were in the previous role because they didn't look at it they're running away from it as as you quite rightly say they're looking for another another role another company to offload that that same frequency that they're in in terms of the problems that they were experiencing internally are still going to be there because there is in them it's not oh. the job it's them that's walking around with it it'll be the same <sighs> in any aspect of their life you can't go off to australia if you live in london and say the weather's nicer there it's going to be alright because whatever whatever it is that's going on for you is still with you so true so, let
0: me we're 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 uh, Dr. Jacqueline's putting up your contact information and there are people probably wanting to know if maybe you could help them. I, I mean, we're talking about <clears throat> probably something that plagues 90% of the population. So, and it's a funny thing. I think when everybody has a disease, it doesn't feel like a disease anymore. We just call it the human condition. It is in the nature of human beings to be miserable, you know, <laughs> and that's, so if I'm miserable, I'm just like everybody else I know, they're all miserable too, but you don't have to be miserable. And with help from somebody like you, I can actually reprogram my brain so that I can find happiness in a situation that I can't escape. You know, I I think this is such a valuable conversation. But from a practical point of view, I know you're a licensed therapist. Yeah. So, and that's important because we're talking about therapy here, not just coaching or counseling, but actual Mm -hmm. deep exploration of the reasons why I feel the way I do. And you need to be licensed to do that properly. Your clients could be anywhere. I'm, I know you're based in London, but you got clients outside of the UK, I guess.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, you know, um, before the world changed, 80% of my clients were coming to London. That was actually international. So all I've done is I've gone online to mm. feed that in a different way. You know, I am part of the old school that likes the face-to-face you know, in terms of physical face-to-face. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had to change my, my way of being to, you know, allow for this change in our world. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. That's good know, I want to just talk for a second
2: about quiet quitting
1: and mm. people who are just showing up and just doing the minimum amount that they have to to get by. And I have to say I've done that. I have definitely done that in my life and I hated myself for it. I hated myself, I, but I wanted the paycheck. So it was one of those, I can completely relate, but the amount of anxiety and the way I felt affected my health. And my health was the reason I ended up leaving. So they're all intertwined and we can't get away from ourselves. So I just think that that's a really important point. I know that we think we're gonna outsmart ourselves, but we really don't do it. It's not possible.
2: There are many people that change their job almost as as regular as they, you know, every year, you know, they're in a different job, a different contract, a different uh, challenge. And those people that are moving from one role to another role to another role, it's because they're seeking something that is not, they're, they're looking for something outside of them that they can't find inside of them. And so it's the next challenge and it's to keep them occupied, to to ignore, to make sure that they're so busy that they don't look within. Hmm. and They're always looking outside, so they're looking at a place in their life, in their being, without, so they're looking as if they are without what they desire, and yet everything is within us.
0: No, I, I I had a, a friend that I worked with a long time ago who um, hated his job. I mean, really hated it, and he shared it with me. We knew each other, worked for the same company for a long time. I left before he did, but he really hated his job and uh, got to a point where he just couldn't take it anymore. But he was waiting for a golden parachute. He knew that sooner or later, they were gonna reduce the workforce and he would get a great incentive to leave. It Just never presented itself. So this is actually literally what happened. He found a job with another company 3,200 miles away. And he went to work for that company 3,200 miles away. And he picked up his family and sold his house and moved 3,200 miles away, but never quit. So for a period of five months, no lie, he had both jobs. The new one that he was hired onto, plus the old one that he hated. This is incredible. But the, the people where he used to, pay, he kept waiting for that golden parachute that never, that ultimately did come finally five months in. Uh, but the old company never even knew he was gone. They kept paying him. In fact, they even complimented him on how much more engaged and happy he seemed to be. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he called me in a panic because he said, I think they're going to give me more money. I think they're going to give me a raise. I don't even work there anymore. And they don't even know. It. I swear to you, this is not a lie. I wish I, I wish I could call him up and tell him to get online and talk about it. <laughs> because he, he was a wreck. Because he was, I mean, it's fraud and you can it's criminal. So he was afraid he was going to be prosecuted for it. But literally, his old employer didn't even know he had gone. He was still showing up for meetings, conference calls. They were complimenting on how much more engaged he seemed to be. I don't know. I don't know if that's the exception or the rule, Caroline. I mean it's a scary thought, but Well he was he was doing
2: um a number on himself. He was probably more engaged because he has a distraction with the other role. And so, and so he was having to manage, you know, juggle the plates. So he would then become more engaged because he would have to make sure that he juggled everything. And, yeah. and you would be, but if he, you are only in one position and in one place, then you become complacent. He, so he's juggling and having that travel would have made a difference.
0: He, 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 he was literally working two full-time jobs, three time zones apart. He had moved from Pennsylvania to California. And was working in Santa Cruz, California. At the same time, he was working two big companies, by the way, who didn't know about each other. And, uh, you know, I know that's quiet quitting. That I mean, this guy literally quiet quit into a whole completely different job. And his former employer never even knew it, wasn't even aware of it. Even so, Al, of I have a question school.
1: about it. So, was his level of anxiety increased, or did he have any negative uh, he impact?
0: He yeah, he'd right. call me, he call me two or three times a week just to tell me how stressed out he was over the idea that somebody's going to figure out he's not in the state anymore, he's escaped completely. He was afraid, but yet he bus-
1: couldn't say, I quit, he couldn't say, I he resign. Couldn't, he because couldn't because he was do waiting it,
0: waiting, no, but he was waiting for this, he needed to be fired. He couldn't say, I quit. He, I guess at some point he could have. And they finally did come up with a package for him and, and told him, we're sorry to see you go because the last five months you've been great. I swear, <laughs> no lie. It's amazing to me. It's totally amazing to me. He probably could have gone on with it for a couple of years if he wanted to. He just couldn't take it anymore. And, you know, I think, you know, I think that's an exception. That's an unusual case. He's the only one I've ever heard of. It's not the kind of thing people would advertise. But there are an awful lot of quiet desperation people that hate, hate, hate what they do and uh, and aren't doing anything about it. They're just hating, and that's it. So they wait, I to want to be- ask
1: Caroline a question about what Al just said. So Caroline, from what Al just shared, are they really hating the job or are they hating
2: something about themselves? There's something going on inside that he's not happy with in that one role So he's looking for something else in a, you know, grass is greener over the other side, (laughs) you know, so (laughs) looking at something else and realizing that that being betwixt and between, not being in one or the other, is actually increasing his um, productivity and increasing his engagement. Uh, Managing something like that is really stressful. And the analogy that I can give you is when somebody sets up their own business. And is also working for a company. That's the same analogy that you've just described. Mm. That's they're trying, they're juggling, trying to juggle two jobs, and um, neither really being in one or the other. And actually, in doing that, it makes you more productive, and it makes you more engaged. But it will add to your stress levels because you're having to focus on two very different goal orientated types of work you know one for yourself and one for a company so it will be challenging it will stress you out but sometimes some people need a distraction to not look at what's really not working
1: okay i have a follow-up to that they were really good points so i shared this before but i love watching shark tank and what the sharks will say is do you have a full-time job yeah i do okay you're not fully invested the people who've taken like a mortgage on their home they borrowed from their friend okay you're fully in and for people who are watching who have a full-time job and they have a business maybe it's a hobby how are you supposed to deal with the anxiety and the stress of leaving to start something when you don't have the money, it, it comes back to the money again. You don't have that security. Now, if you do go all in with the business, then you give up anything associated, not just the money, but the the productivity, the stress, whatever it is that you have with that job so that you can be all in. But once again, it comes down to the
2: old dollar, the old pound. Hmm. It's, it's very true, you know, and I'm going to say, it's all about the money. It's the money. <laughs> and we do get fixed and attached to the money. I've seen many people that have been so disillusioned because they've stayed fixed in the money that they're not happy inside. Internally, they're, they're almost going into a robotic autopilot. Uh, productivity and all, you know, everything's on autopilot, and the, the whole life has become, you know, about the money. And so, all the money in the world doesn't bring you the happiness, the fulfillment, and the pleasure. It brings you things. And so at some point, there will be something that gives, like your health, because you can't stay in that very high. It's a to stress environments and not be happy. And if you're unhappy, all sorts of physical challenges on your health can take effect. And this is where the body takes over and says, you know, you have to do something. It will start screaming at you to manage your stress and to act on what's not working. Great mm. point. Al, you've
1: owned businesses, you know, for, you've been an entrepreneur excuse me, an entrepreneur for so many years and there's ups and downs, right? Obviously sure, for sure. everyone in business, did you ever say to yourself, I got to go get a job. I'm going to give up being an entrepreneur. I'm going to go work for somebody else.
0: Well, I, I mean, there have, been, there have been periods of time working as an entrepreneur where I could have made a lot more money at a McDonald's slinging hamburgers <laughs> than the money I was making as an entrepreneur. And uh, there have been moments when I've thought to myself, well, I could just go get a job as a greeter at a Walmart, you know, and make more money doing what I'm, I mean, that's frustration, but I've always, I've always had this sense of purpose. I've always felt like, uh, and you know, listen, I've always planned things well enough so that I knew about how long my runway was and uh, where the plane had to take off before it crashed into the trees. I mean, I, I, I've always had a plan. And so I've never been that uncomfortable. I've never been in a, a blind panic about things. I've been nervous, but never a blind panic. And see, and I think anxious and unhappy are two different things. I mean, I, I it's normal to feel a certain amount of anxiety over uncertainty. There, you, we can't predict everything, and uh, you know, and sometimes your circumstances make unpredictability even they kind of heighten it. They amplify it. Uh, but unhappiness is a sense of pervasive misery that that exists all the time regardless of your circumstances and i you know i think and where caroline where somebody like caroline comes in is that i think most people who are feeling that they're not happy really can't put their finger on why it is they're not happy so they blame it on something convenient like the job i think it's very important that you talk to somebody outside of your world who can help you sort out those factors without judging you and that's why, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that people out there who just feel frustrated by whatever it is they feel they they're not doing, uh, will uh, pick up a phone or get online and get a hold of Caroline and find out why they're not happy, because I, th- I think that's really the value that she brings.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I want to just post this to Caroline because I think it it really is important to be said. Many times people know something's wrong but they don't want to do the work they don't want to put the time in because it takes an effort and they know if it takes an effort they're going to have to probably change some things and people don't like change i know people in my own life they're just like i'm not going to do that i'm just going to keep doing what i'm doing because i'm miserable because i don't want to do the work okay then please be quiet put a muzzle on it because we, we there's nothing worse than hearing someone complain over and over again but mm. they don't want to change caroline you're the expert is this the case that people don't want to put in the effort but yet they want immediate rewards
2: people are looking for solution but you can't go to the solution unless you become aware of what's causing the problem so the root cause of what's causing your pain your stress your misery if you're not willing to look at it and that's the first step into solving what's not working. awareness and when you step into awareness that begins the journey to recovery and the work is being completely authentically honest about what's not working and deep down On some level, we all know what's not working and what's not right in our lives. It's Mm. just that it's difficult, it's challenging, it's uncomfortable to look at it. So we don't. And we'll blame all the external stuff, the job, the marriage, the home, the mortgage. We blame all the stuff on the outside. But really, all of that is a reflection of what's going on on our inside. And that's important because we're, a lot of time, we're spending a lot of hours in our working environment. And it's important to be happy. And if we're not happy, all we do is take it with us. We take our big baggage, our big, you know, uh, rucksack with us into our work, and it all gets spilled out into the work. And it might not be anything to do with the job. It might Mm. be something much more personal that they won't look at because it's too difficult because they don't want to handle the emotions.
1: That's yeah, huge. absolutely. And I know we're coming to the end of the show, but I just wanted to bring up something else and have you both comment on it. How about people who believe they are their work? Hi, nice to meet you. Tell me about yourself. Write about the business. They, they have no, nothing that they can identify them as a human being. It's all about the work that they do. And if you were to ask them to leave what they're doing, they might think they literally will cease to exist.
2: This is very, very true. It's where our identity becomes our work. We are not our work. And yet in today's society, our culture, the way that the Western world is, is that if somebody says, how are you? Or what do you do? You immediately step into the I am this as, as the profession or the occupation. And... We've lost our sense of being. A child doesn't do that. And this is, we were all born children. You know, it's something that we all know. It's just that we step into a place of thinking we should be something and responding to what we think somebody wants to hear rather than how we really authentically would like to answer.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of power in that, too. And, you know, I, I have another friend and you know, I remember it's really for me anyway. It seems like it's managing your expectations. And we 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 have this sense that somehow if things were just a little different in this specific way, my whole life will turn on that. And uh, so we get we get ourselves twisted around what we imagine for ourselves and what we actually have to cope with in reality. And I had a friend who actually literally had a nervous breakdown because his daughter changed from being a chemistry major to being a theater major. I mean, it wasn't even him. He had this, in his head, he had this vision that his daughter was gonna become a chemist. He sent her to the University of Delaware to learn to become a chemist. That's a a great program for chemistry. They also have a pretty good theater program. So she called him one day and said, I don't like chemistry anymore. I wanna be a theater major. The fact that his daughter changed and ruined this expectation he had about his future that included his daughter, the chemist, actually landed him in therapy and, let's say, institutionalized therapy because he couldn't be treated as an outpatient. He literally needed to be hospitalized for it. And I mean, that's unhappiness from out of the blue. I mean, that's a decision to be unhappy. That's choosing to be unhappy maybe the goal was to try to get his daughter to switch back to chemistry. You know, almost like a hostage situation. I'm going to hold myself hostage by being miserable until you give me what I feel I need to have in order for me to be happy. And, and you know, it's, it, it's much more complex than it sounds. And, that, and the way we behave and the way we express it, when you communicate with anybody, whatever it is, it's because you want them to do something in response. If you don't get the response from them that you expect, you can get pretty panicky over something like that. That's why people out there, you you have these feelings and you can't even sort them out. You're not even sure about them. You need to seek professional help. You need to talk to somebody. You need help to get through this. You think you can tough it out or you think you can offer yourself therapy, but self-therapy for these kinds of problems hardly ever works.
2: Well, this response that you're mentioning is a very powerful victim response. If you don't do this, I will hold you accountable for my health. And this is a, this is a situation, in terms of many cultures, that there is an expectation that's placed on you that you mm. have to live up to, and there is also an expectation that you yourself place on yourself to deliver on the expectation of your family, your peers, and others. And expectations is exactly one of the situations that I have to handle, that we all have to handle, that we didn't deliver on what was expected of us, whether it's our family, our peers, or ourselves.
1: Wow, Caroline, I love what you shared today, Al. Also, the the stories really priceless. Classic. Uh,
0: I should say my friend, Ron, who quit and worked for two companies, at the, who didn't quit and worked for two companies at the same time, had 12 direct reports who didn't know that their boss was 3,200 miles away. <laughs> Literally.
1: I know. That could be an entire case study. <laughs> uh,
0: it's, a book. it's a book.
1: Yeah, it sure is. Yeah.
0: Talk about quiet quitting. Huh.
1: Fascinating. That's huh. earn the money <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So Caroline, how do people reach out to you? We have your contact information. I'm going to spotlight
2: you again. You can reach me by emailing me on no more stress at live. L-I-V-E dot co dot UK. I offer a free consultation on Zoom or Skype or by call. We just schedule that because obviously we're in different time zones. And tell me what your problem is. Just briefly describe in the email what's what's concerning you, what's giving you your stress. And I will literally help you bust your stress in that call. You will feel relaxed and gain an incredible, deeply restful sleep. I look forward to helping you bust your stress. Wow.
1: Bust your stress. Contact <laughs> Caroline. Woo! Fantastic. And you, as I mentioned earlier, you can see Caroline or her Talking Heads episodes on Tuesday at 12 o'clock Eastern time, which is 5 p.m. British summertime. And on Fridays on The Listening Mentor, which is at 2 o'clock Eastern time, 7 o'clock British summertime. Thank you, Caroline. It's been an absolute pleasure having you today. Thank you, Caroline. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Great Thank you. Great interview. Uh-huh. Thanks. Bye. Wow, well, Al, what were your key takeaways today?
0: Well, I, th- I think my key takeaway, but two, one, like you said, one, uh, people are unhappy and they think they know why, but they're usually wrong and they need help to sort that out. And uh, two, that feeling that I'm not happy, that uh, which we often confuse with being anxious and being stressed out. I mean, there, uh, that whole emotional misery, cycle of misery, where I just make myself unhappy, and then my reactions make me even less happy. I think the only way you can break that is by seeking professional help. And that's where Caroline comes in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And the one thing well, I want to
0: add, coach, too, Dr. Jacqueline, I mean, that's you. You work with people who have these problems, too. And I, you know, I think uh, the coaching aspect of Dr. Jacqueline is something we don't talk very much about. But I know you <laughs> help people with problems like that, too.
1: Yeah, I do. Lately, I've been really focusing on helping people with their interview skills, believe it or not. But I definitely Ooh. I've worked with people who are suffering with chronic illness because that's a whole other series of of issues but sure. i think one key takeaway for me is where we get into the victim role and when i was giving that scenario about somebody coming home and and then the, the spouse or significant other saying well wait a minute what about this and what like then that's about me it's not about mm-hmm. the person my partner mm-hmm. the situation and i think we do that as humans because we're afraid So we make it about us instead of getting to the root cause and Al, just something I wanted to share quickly. And then I think it's a good segue as we close out. I mentioned that the drive from Virginia to Florida was really very stressful because we had two tire blowouts and a shock blowout. But, The whole time I was thinking about solutions and when I went to the two different places because it happened over two different days, I didn't want to hear, we can't, we're not able. Give me the solution. What are my options? And I think that's important in life because we focus on all the things we don't have. We focus on how miserable we are. What can we do about it? And if we don't actually have a plan, we can't come up with a plan, it's time to work with a professional. Because otherwise we spend so much time just like throwing plates up in the air, just spinning around. And before you know it, months or years have gone by in our life and we're no better, no further off than we were before.
0: That's a really good point. You don't want to be in a situation where you're actually proud of the fact that you're miserable. You don't want to define yourself as a person who lives in misery. You don't want to be the person that whines and complains and is known to everybody around you as the person who can't get out of that hole. You don't want to be that. And, and getting out of that hole starts with the plan You get a ladder, figure out. I mean, you got to you can't just be unhappy at work and not have an updated resume to try to find work somewhere else. And having a plan is the beginning of it, I think. And I, th- I think you just offered a, a lot of advice to people who are watching your program.
1: Well, thank you. And, and yeah. you have been fabulous as always. How can people reach out to you and who would you like to contact you? As I mentioned before, Al interviews people on in RVN television. You're welcome to reach out to Al and he'll interview you and uh, you'll work with people with your profit workshops. Tell us more.
0: I, the easiest way to reach me is by email. Al.cini at G-E-T-B-C-A-T. That's com. Still my email address. So I have a phone number. 212-480-3730, and um, if you have any questions about how to do team building, where the building of the team is around the purpose of the team and not just a, a social event, uh, I've got a great, terrific, very creative, enjoyable answer for that. We call it ProFit, and the whole the magic happens in just half a day. It's amazingly uh, highly, highly, very efficient, highly accelerated. So I hope you'll reach out. We can talk about how we might be able to build your, your team around the purpose of your team.
1: Thank you, Al. And I so appreciate the fact that you're gonna be working with USA Global TV and radio. I'm finally getting it together as we launch our 2023 programming. So I will work at work with you so that we can be in alignment here at our organization as well.
0: I, I'm looking forward to that. And really you built such a great community. I'm just a privilege to be a part of it. Thank you, Doc.
1: Uh, well, thank you. You've been a great friend and a great mentor. So we have to close out, but I just want to let you know, our next show is coming up. It's our men's show, a show for men, by men, about men. It's called Wild at Heart Bonfire Talks. And the topic today is how men let women start to dominate their lives.
0: Ooh.
1: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I see Caroline backstage going, ooh.
0: Yeah, okay. everybody's cringing. <laughs> <laughs> must see tv definitely
1: definitely all right really? thanks everybody we will be right back i will be producing i will not be on the show but do join us al thank you always a pleasure thank you caroline thank you, thanks to each every one of you bye for now
0: bye now